Good evening and welcome to another episode of Nigeria Politics Weekly. My name is Nigeria's Best and I'm your, one of your co-hosts today. The two topics we'll be talking about are firstly, the victory of Governor Obaseki in the Edo governorship elections, and secondly, the self-certification form requirement recently announced by the Nigerian government. This, discussing these issues with myself are firstly, Phoenix underscore agenda, who is my co-host. We also have our first guest, Frank Zephyr from Twitter. Frank is a supply chain engineer in America. And our second guest is Rila Maboy. Rila Maboy was the former special advisor to the Irish Minister for Justice and is also a management consultant. So I say welcome to our, our guest today. Thanks, Nigeria's best. And thanks, uh... Rilama Boy and Frank Zephyr for joining us. Hello, listeners. Yes. So, on to our first topic, the Edo elections. So, uh, to you, Phoenix, did, were you expecting Obaseki to win? I would say, I would say yes. Um, um, but that obviously was in the hope that... Uh, that both his seeming popularity and obviously his better candidacy, um, plus a, a, a very well-run campaign, uh, which struck on a very powerful slogan. I mean, for me, that was, that was just one of the best slogans and well-run campaigns to demarket a, an, an opponent that I've seen in Nigeria in a long time. That those things, which is what you expect in, in, in a normal political um, circumstance, would prevail over um, any attempt to use federal might. Um, but later on, I, I think as the results started filtering in, it occurred to me that perhaps we had, I, I had misjudged federal might coming to play in this particular instance, and therefore uh, the path was really clear uh, for Baseki to win. But the, yes, indeed, I, I expected him to win. I believe he was the better candidate. Um, and I'm actually glad, even though, um, like I said, I've said previously on the podcast that I'm not impressed uh, with his uh, uh, stewardship so far. Um, I still prefer him to use a like I said last week, and uh, hopefully he can do more in the second term than he did in the first. Now, I want to pick up on something you mentioned there. You said you liked the slogan that they ran with. I presume you're talking about the Edo Nobi Lagos slogan is that correct absolutely <laughs> a fire slogan if we, if we can call it that i i think i mean that was that just hit the nail on the head and it resonated with the people um i saw a video on on twitter where people were actually singing and counting their votes um at um, at a polling booth um as as the um person in charge was was counting it and and he could tell you that this had fired up the people and, and, and that slogan was just was just on point for for the resonance and the way and what it really meant to to the people of Edo. No, because I I can speak as someone who's from Edo State uh, or Edo local government to be precise, and I know how I felt felt when uh, the, the the whole issue of uh, Tinubu getting involved uh, came on board. I, I something didn't feel right about it, but. I know uh, Frank is also from Edo State, so I'll, I'll bring him in at this point. Um, uh, Frank, uh, Phoenix has talked about how that slogan, Edo Nobi Lagos, uh, seemed to trigger something within the people of Edo State. As someone who's, if, I, if I'm correct, you're from Uromi, aren't you? Yes, I'm from Uromi, Adore, to be precise. So, so how did you feel about the Edo Nobi Lagos uh, slogan. Yeah, the you know the slogan "Edono be Lagos" is you know it's it was very very interesting. It um you know it kind of glanced in my heart right when we started hearing this when I started seeing the slogan, especially on Twitter, and then suddenly you know we saw um, Tinubu's uh, video saying, uh, "I I I I was the one who fought um, for democracy. I was the one who um, took." Um, beatings and you know did all this for democracy that you are enjoying now. So please uh, do not return Obaseki. 
you know, I don't think he even mentioned his candidate in that video. In, you know, he, all he was talking about was uh, don't vote for Baseki. Make sure Baseki does not come back, you know. And, you know, it occurred to me that it's possible that, you know, the, the, the man got so incensed when he saw the, the, the slogan, I don't know the Lagos, and that's why he did that video, you know. And this, the, you know, Baseki's victory is really like a... a, a a proper resounding slap, you know, on, on, on that face, you know, with that slogan. I don't know if it's Lagos. In, in, in fact, they've, they've proven, you know, that though it's not Lagos in any way. So, you, know, you guys, you so guys I, like I, So I, I presume, obviously, the, 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 the slogan, I don't know if Lagos, is the idea that we don't do godfatherism in Edo states. But I just want to get your thoughts. Is, is Godfatherism as a concept, is it fundamentally a bad thing? Or would you say there are instances when Godfatherism is, is necessary? The, the term, when you say Godfatherism, right, it's, in, it, Godfatherism in itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but you have a situation where some Godfathers are very overbearing, you know, you're a godfather, you want to dictate all the commissioners, you know, the number of commissioners the governor can appoint, which, are, which were, you know, genuine complaints that Obaseki mentioned. And if you watch several interviews of, if I was following this um, Edo issue, right? If you watch several interviews, these are the things he was talking about, that, you know, the, the ex-governor wanted to dictate his special advisors, wanted to dictate how many commissioners he would appoint, who the commissioners would be. You know, that's where godfatherism is bad. But when you have a godfather who wants to, who, you know, provides opportunities, directs you on how to um, implement policies, you know, advises you without being imposing, godfatherism is not necessarily a, a bad thing. You know, in, in, even in our professional lives, right, we have people we call mentors in the same organization where we work, you know, looking out for us, you know, in certain ways, you know, making sure we get um, that looking from, our own direct managers per se. So in, in the real sense, Godfatherism is not totally bad. But when the Godfather is overbearing, you know, that's, that's where we have problems. No, no, I, th I think you're right, Frank. I think uh, Godfatherism is not always a bad thing. It just depends on if, if it's a positive Godfather, one who guides you, but who doesn't impose himself then. Because for example, uh, governor Oyegu, Odigi Oyegu, former governor of Edo State, was also a kind of godfather to Obaseki, but he was not necessarily the, the imposing kind. He was more helping him with advice, talking to people on his behalf, helping him navigate uh, difficult situations. So I think you're exactly. probably, uh, you're right. But uh, I was bringing real boy at this point. Uh, my first question to you is, Obviously, the results have been announced and Obaseki is the winner. But in the larger political scheme, who has won, who has lost, who has gained, and who has lost from this victory? Because obviously, this victory seems to be more than just Edo State. I know you're from Edo State as well. So I like your insight onto who you think the other winners from this uh, result are. Well, um, very interesting question. It is uh, pretty obvious that um, Godwin Obaseki, uh, the governor of Adil State, won uh, the elections held yesterday and was declared uh, winner today in, in, in a resounding fashion, uh, unequivocal, uh, authentic, and uh, a very uh, successful people-based and issue-based campaign that he ran. Um, well, there are many losers in this election, but it's <laughs> the biggest loser. So if you, watch the, if you watch the program where you need to lose weight on TV, the biggest loser, the person that has no weight, that has lost all his weight today, <laughs> somebody, is somebody who used to be called in Bini, Ushubaba, and now they're not calling him Kiss Kiss Ushu Baby. He's a baby. He's uh, somebody describing him as the Lilipushan of Iyamu. You know, Oshomole Adams, the former comrade, the um, uh, labor militant leader, 
um, who became a governor, who came into office to fight uh, a supposed godfather, who invents enemies in order to vanquish them, to remain relevant, went on after leaving office for, uh, as governor of Edo State for eight years to uh, become the national chairman of APC, uh, having successfully demarketed and undermined uh, the former, also the former governor of Edo State, John Odije Oyegun, in collusion with the one of the leaders of APC uh, in Lagos, Bola Ahmed Ashiwaju, and they were able to, in that convention, convince the president that Adam Mushomole was the man needed to run the party in order for uh, victory to be secure in the 2019 presidential elections. And so it happened. But today, on the 20th of September, 2020, Adams Aliu Oshomole is not even a member of the APC. He is suspended at his word. He has lost his job as the national chairman based on his singularly self-inflicted own goals. His saga and his uh, fall from grace to almost grave now started because he felt he needed to model his political ascendancy after that of Bola Ahmed Tinubu in Lagos. So he needed to have a governor he installed, and he did that successfully in 2016, and then went on to, uh, for the first uh, three years or so, dictated to that governor. Until 2019, matters came to head in 2019, when obviously, the House of Assembly, he designed the House of Assembly to be a chokehold on a hostage governor who would then be forced to do any of his biddings. The House of Assembly, obviously constituted and controlled remotely by Adam Sushomole, will be able to impose budget items. They will make budgets for his private university or the state university he converted to private use in Iyamo. They will make uh, provisions for contracts he awarded while he was leaving the government house and carry out different kinds of nefarious duties on his behalf if the governor was unable or unwilling to do so. And if he, if, if he ever came to head, according to his plans, was to use the machinery of the House of Assembly to remove the governor even before his time. But Obaseki, the political neophyte that he brought, turned the tables completely against this man who speaks first before he thinks. Adams Oshomole is the biggest loser. And closely allied to him is Bola Ahmed Tinubu, who, for unknown reasons, for a spectacular own goal as well, tied his own political fortunes to Adam Oshomole. And anybody who does that in Nigerian politics, where you are in the arena of national politics, where you need to build consensus, where you need to bring people together. You have chosen an Adam Sushomole to be your pointsman. You are always going to end up in crisis. People who didn't know it then, know it now. And Adam Sushomole is no longer the chairman of APC. He's not even a member of APC. And today, Governor Godwin Obaseki, the lowly technocrat that he brought in from Lagos, have dug a political grave for him, and the Edo people are dancing on that grave today. Oh, well, thank you, Rilo, my boy, for, uh, uh, for your uh, hilarious uh, <laughs> analysis of the situation. I, I think you're, you're quite right. Uh, Oshomole is, is down. Funny enough, the thing about Oshomole is, I don't know why, for me, there's something I find likable about him that he, I know he, he does a lot of very silly things, but he seems to have this very jovial character. And whenever I see him on TV, I cannot just help but crack up every time I see him. So uh, he's, he's obviously down at the moment, but... He might rise up. Who knows? But uh, Phoenix, one of the things uh, Rilo Maboy talked about was uh, Bola Ahmed Tinubu, how Tinubu is one of the losers in this, and he doesn't understand why Tinubu tied himself to Oshomole. And that's something I'd, I'd like you to talk more about. What, what was the logic behind Tinubu's decision to, to, to tie himself 
to this race in a way no other APC leader did? One word, hubris. You know, when, when you've, when you've um, in quotes, when you've won for, for quite a while and you've been allowed to, to, to get away with, with stuff, you tend to begin to believe your own headlines and, and think that, uh, I mean, there's nothing you can do. The second thing for me is he's a very transactional person and therefore believes that um, um, as long as I'm willing to spend, everyone has a price. Um, and it's worked for him, particularly in Lagos. It worked for him for a while in the Southwest. Um, I mean, when, when, when he was able to um, have other governors within AD, AC, and all the various uh, incarnations. Um, but I think he should have seen, but you see, well, the thing with hubris is it, it doesn't let you see, it blindsides you and doesn't let you um, see, or let me say it this way, it gives you tunnel vision and, and doesn't let you see your flanks. It, it, and so you can be out, outflanked in the sense that when he, when he, start, when he saw what happened with Mackinday in, in, uh, in um, what's he called, in Oyo State, I mean, he should have understood that, look, the writing is on the wall. And even before then, I believe there was another election that they lost at, at one point in time. Um, but, but the Mackinday one really brought it home because everything that he had been hoping for, that he would have his party in the center, he would have, which would give him more influence. He had that. And they still lost a very prime seat right there in the Southwest. He always supported um, Oshomole. And, and they had a good relationship while Oshomole was still still on, I mean, in the ascendancy after coming off his, gov of, after coming off his eight-year governorship, handing over to his hand-picked successor, um, and then becoming the chairman of the party. But what then happened was that once, once Oshomole started running into trouble with Obaseki, um, um, Tinubu did not read the tea leaves well, thought that, I mean, for as long as I reprimand Obaseki, he will fall back in line, and further thought that he could as long as, I mean, Oshomole regained his uh, positioning, he would, he, would, um, he would continue to have his influence. Because for him, it's all been about 2023. He believes that he needs as many governors as possible in his, on his side to enable him to get that, that ticket. But I think the other thing here, and that's, that's why, if you remember at the beginning, I said I misjudged the possibility of federal might coming into play. I think what the other thing he misread is either his connection with Buhari or, or his, his true, how would I put it, his true standing in the APC. Because the other thing I think is um, Buhari has definitely decided to pull away from him if they, were ever, if they ever had a strong connection. Buhari is clearly distancing himself from from Tinubu and all, all that seems to be in his camp. Therefore, he doesn't have as much influence as he would have had before, which allows other people who have a, a, a conflicting interest with Tinubu and who have more influence to begin to, to flex that power, which is why I think the federal might did not really work in those states, apart from the fact that, of course, Oshomole was, is no longer as strong in the party as, as, the, as, the, as it used to be before. So for me, it was, it was clearly hubris. It was clearly the fact that he, he still thought that he was as influential as he, as he always was. He thought that um, they would be able to get around to, to keeping uh, Obaseki in check. Um, and he finally hit the, the nail on the coffin, both of his Ayambo's campaign and his own influence. Because this is a shameful loss. This is humiliating. Because he went as far as doing that ill-advised video. If he had stayed clear and just stayed in the background and decided, look, I will spend you, I would find other ways to win this. But he, he, he made himself very visible and he got a resounding loss. I think this, this is going to hurt even more than, than he might have expected. Well, it's, it's interesting you've mentioned uh, hubris, uh, Phoenix, because from the way I could see it, I could see it on two sides. On the one hand, he obviously took a gamble and lost because if on the other hand, after that speech he gave, if Ize Yamu had won, then everyone would have said 
uh, Tinubu was the one that saved the day and all the other APC governors who seem to be hiding in the shadows would have lost out polit politically. So it seems he took a risk, but obviously uh, the risk, uh, as you said, backfired, maybe because, as you said, he, he didn't read the tea leaves. He did not, because think about it. I mean, even by the time he made the video, it was obvious. I mean, who is Tinubu to the Edo people? That, that's the thing that shocked me in his in his thought process to come up with that video. What had he do, ever done for the Edo people that made him think that they would listen to him? I, I, I don't understand. Yes, he was trying to, unless he's saying that, oh, I'm partly leader, I'm talking to APC people. Then who told him that APC has such a stronghold in Edo State? Yes, they, they had a governor for eight years and then another one for four years. But <laughs> I, it just surprised me that he thought he could speak to the Edo people. On what basis? Who are you to them? That's what, that's what really surprised me, and uh, it was miscalculation as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I think the angle he was coming from is because, you know, a lot of uh, prominent Edo politicians like Anthony Nahuru, Obada, Oyegun, these were, they were all in Nadeko with uh, Tinubu. So Edo State was one of the frontline Nadeko states. So I think he was trying to appeal to that sentiment that if you remember, I was with you guys in the struggle in Nadeko. That's why I kept saying I'm the leader of the democracy movement, i.e. because Nahuru used to be chairman of uh, Nadeko, but Nahuru is obviously dead now. So, so the angle was, he was trying to say, look, we were all part of this democracy struggle. And I'm now saying, this man is not a Democrat. Obviously, uh, people were not interested. But I, I need to bring in uh, Frank at this point. Um, Frank, uh, looking at the, the APC as a party, it seemed to me that Tinubu was heavily involved in the campaign, and so was uh, Ganduje of Kano. And they are both, they're obviously close allies in the APC. But the likes of uh, Fire Me, El Rufai, didn't seem to, even Amechi did not seem to be fully engaged. Do you think it was just, it's just a mere coincidence that somebody said, or is there, is there more to it? Is this indicative of some kind of split within the APC? What, what do you think, Frank? Uh, you know, very interesting question. I would say it's very indicative of, you know, the splits in the APC. Um, why? Because if you remember the um, press conference where Obaseki, you know, announced um, Shomale's Ulster, right? You had the, the, the caliber of people you had sitting with him at that press conference, you know, just tells you that um, the APC would, is, you know, it's, 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 it's quite fragmented, right? So you had um, Pesos Kayamo. You had, um, you know, Victor Giaram was there. You had, um, um, what, what's his name now? The Deputy Speaker of the House of the Senate. Um, you know, he was there. You know, you begin to wonder how um, a party chairman is being ousted on TV. And you have, um, you know, big wigs of the same party, you know, seated right there, present there. And kind of gloating, per se, you know, at, at, at the All-Star, right? And even yesterday, you could, uh, yesterday there was a statement by Giadom, right? Upset about the fact that um, um, Yeson Wiki was barricaded in his hotel, you know, stating that, um, you know, the, no, the police shouldn't do that so long as uh, Wiki is the um, chairman of the PDP, you know, the opposition party's campaign council, he should be allowed to move around and, you know, supposedly campaign for his candidates. Um, <clears throat> that was weird, really. See, here, seeing that statement was really weird because I, I never imagined that Giadon would be speaking for Wiki, you know, in support of Wiki at any point in time. You know, we, we all similarly know that um, he's uh, Amechi's uh, uh, sort of candidates, per se. Um, so yes, you know, all that is very indicative of the splits in the APC, right? And even up to this moment, the, the chairman who was who has been recently decimated, uh, you know, the Osho Pekin, according to Dino Milai, <laughs> you know, he, 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 he um, is still not a member of the party. You know, he's, he's, his status has not been restored as a member of the party. 
so yes, it's very indicative of a split within the APC, and uh, I, you know, I wish them well. I, I hope that they are able to um, provide proper opposition by the time they lose, uh, you know, by the time the, 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 the fight really gets very, very um, heated, you know, for the soul of the party. You know, with, especially, for example, with Ondo coming up, you know, it's it's going to be another battle of wits, you know, with 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 all the gladiators, and uh, and yeah, I I agree that in splits, you know, it's it's it, it portends a split in the APC. Actually, I, I my my follow-up question to that, Frank, is Buhari himself. So as we speak, the the party doesn't have a chairman, and. Even in the elections, Buhari did not seem to engage much. So what do you think his views are? Is it that he doesn't actually care who, whether APC wins Edo State? Is that, is that what it is? Uh, with Buhari, right, it's um, personally, right, as someone who supported Buhari in 2015, I would say right now that you know he 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 doesn't seem to be aware of everything that's going on, right? So um, you have people, which is why we 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 all think there is some sort of cabal, right? So you have people who have not taken it upon themselves to project, you know, to kind of project his thoughts and uh, and what they think he would do, you know. Um, if, for example, you know, this is this is me guessing. If, for example, maybe we had a different uh, chief of staff, you know, in the presidency right now, it's possible these elections would have been more uh, fought out, you know. But right now, we have someone who could say is, uh, you know, a renowned uh, diplomat, right? And uh, we we, so we also how the elections have gone, kind of peaceful. The police were were seemingly, you know, on the side of of of, of the law. On the side of justice. So for Buhari, it's really very difficult to tell where his thoughts are, really. Personally, I think, you know, he's not aware of a lot of things. And then, you know, even if he's aware, he wants to, he would rather, you know, be on the side of, of you know, on the side of, of, of being able to deny, you know, he doesn't want to show his hands, he doesn't want to show his, his, his fingers. I don't know how to put it now. He doesn't want to show his 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 fingers in um you know in, in the in the things that are happening so nobody can point fingers at him. You if you get what I mean, you know. So I I would say generally that I, I you know I don't think he's very much aware of everything that's going on. And even if he's aware, he wants to act like he's not, so you know, nobody can point fingers at him. Take for example, you know, the statement he has released now, you know, while congratulating the, the elected governor. He's also congratulating himself, you know, for providing free and fair election. You know, I would not be surprised if he does, if he, if he even forgot that there was an election in Edo yesterday, but that is just a statement that, uh, you know, his people, Femi Additional and uh, uh, Gabashe, who have, you know, concocted for the Nigerian public to, to listen to and, and gobble, you know. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so, sorry, but I think uh, that's what they will call uh, hate, hate speech, implying that uh, <laughs> Buhari's memory is gone. <laughs> so if, if Femi Additional is listing, uh, I can give you Frank's details if you guys want to get <laughs> back to Nigeria. But uh, no, that, that's interesting. You've, uh, you've just said he's, he's basically just, uh, you seem to imply he's just aloof and detached and not really engaged. Not completely, Nigeria's best. Not completely. I, 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 you know, not completely. I, I, I think, you know, like I said, right. He, he may not be aware of everything that's going on, and also he may be aware, but he would rather err on the side of being able to, you know, if you, if you think about it, right. For example, let's go back to the, um, you know, 2019 elections, right. A, a particular case is Ogun States, right. Buhari would receive. Uh, what's his name now? The former governor would receive uh, Amosu today and raise his hand. You know, the next day he would receive Dakwa Abiodu and raise his hand. You know, it's it's, it's more like he he. I wouldn't call him a diplomat, but he wants to not necessarily wants to please everybody, but he wants to be able to 
so that no, you know, so that at the end of the day, nobody can blame him. You get what I mean? Nobody can say, ah, uh, Baba, you didn't help me. That is why I failed. He will tell you that, ah, bro, I helped you. The other party will come and say, Baba, you didn't help, but I helped you as well. You know, he's, he, I think he plays, he's trying to play both sides so that nobody can, no, no party can point fingers at him and like, uh, yeah, you know, you are responsible for my loss. Uh, you are responsible for why I did not win. Take, you know, for, for example, these Edu elections now, you cannot really tell, the, the APC people cannot really go back to Buari and tell him that he didn't um, make any effort to use federal might. He will refer them to, you know, the idea of police and the statement the police release saying, uh, you know, they released 30,000 police officers to Edu election. He'll probably ask them, so why didn't you use them? Am I going to do everything for you? At the same time, if Obaseki goes and thank him and say, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. President, for um, not, um, um, you know, using federal might to remove me from office, he will also tell Obaseki, uh, you're welcome, my son. You know, so I think that's the game he's playing. You know, he wants to play both sides so that he cannot be blamed for, or, you know, ask to take responsibility for any mishap that happens. But that, that's my opinion. No, no, thank you, Frank. I think uh, you, you've made a persuasive case that uh, Buhari just likes to play both sides, almost uh, maybe he's afraid to, to show leadership. Um, I, I think I did, I did bring in uh, Rila, my boy, at this point, because I think he wants to respond to the comments you made. Did, did you want to say, uh, respond, uh, Rila, my boy? Yeah, I, I, was, I was just going to say, well, um, I think uh, Frank Zephyr came back to redeem to obviously, I mean, sort of explain two sides of of, the, of, of a coin. He said at one point that Buhari was detached, and then he's diplomatic or very clever. But I think I think the president, um, if if you know, if you if you watch the president um, and and the way he has always been, I, I don't think people change. Buhari has always was a Buhari who was petroleum. Minister, he was the Buhari, was governor of the Naughty State. Is Buhari, who was the head of state and lost it. And then is Buhari, who, who you, who you, some of you, including from Zephyr, said uh, he thought he supported in 2015. President Buhari would basically, he's very much aware. I think, I think, I think everybody, everybody misunderstand it. He's very much aware. He's a classic, uh, traditional, Traditionalist, Fulani traditionalist. And in Fulani, in any kind of contention that does not involve you, uh, everything should work itself out the way it works itself out. And, and that's what he has done with Oshomole. And that's what he has done if you watch all of the contests that, have, that needed him to take side, that needed him to be partisan. Buhari will only be partisan in his own cause. Any other person must find a way to win. You have to find a way, and then he will obviously uh, eschew any. Uh, and he has demonstrated it in, in the governorship election of 2019, and in this particular governorship, you must uh, also give it to uh, Buhari that he 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 was aware, he is engaged, and he made it very clear that he was not going to come on either side of it. It's an election. Go and fight it out, <laughs> and that, that, that's what I think I saw. Well, what, what do you think are the prospects for the party? Because if we're speaking as ordinary human beings, Tinibu is not going to feel happy that he did not get the level of, in quotations, federal support that he thought. Uh, Oshomole is not going to be happy. I'm sure one camp is not happy. Another camp is probably secretly happy. So well, how do you think this, uh, what do you think the impact will be on, on, on the APC? good, very good. That's another very good question. Because um, Gordon Obaseki's re-election was, um, was a, a test, a battle of wits between two very different camps of the party. One of these camps of the party is the Tinubu uh, coalition. The Tinubu coalition uh, that he built from ACN or from AD into ACN and brought in to merge with CPC and a new PDP or NPDP to form APC, his tendency uh, was always there to work stronger. I mean, uh, when Oyegun came in as the chairman of APC, 
after uh, after replacing uh, the uh, Akonde, Baba Akonde, who is a who is an ally of uh, of Tinubu, um, and then they won the elections, and that arrangement to win the 2015 elections, uh, the deep, the very diplomatic and light-handed touch of Governor Yegun was able to um, uh, piece, uh, sort of uh, piece off Tinubu. Let me say that. And how did that happen? It was really because the CPC fashion of, of, of the coalition, uh, the presidency got to them, that was Buhari. And then Tinubu's fashion, the ACN, provided the vice president. And Oyoko, in his wisdom, was of the view that the new PDP uh, fashion of the coalition should at least get the Senate, uh, the Senate presidency and maybe the National Assembly. Uh, and, and maybe the speaker of the House of Assembly uh, of the House of Representatives, and when that went that way, with Saraki emerging, Tinubu never the Tinubu faction, Tinubu himself never forgave uh, Odijia Oyegun. They blamed him for luring away uh, senators of APC so that PDP could align with uh, Saraki to pull off that coup. And then fast forwarding now to how. He brought in Adam to Shomole. He supported Adam to Shomole. They are allies. Uh, they have. Uh, they, they obviously have been able to arrive at a, uh, a very deep political connection. And again, Shomole came in into APC from the fashion of ACN. So that's still the Tinubu side of the coin. Now, in the party itself, you can. Evidently, from what has happened to Oshomale from when he was removed as the chairman of the party, you can see that the Gobino Basaki angle, his fight with Godin, with Gobino Basaki, brought in, I mean, it was the door that people needed to be able to attack the consolidation of power by the uh, Tinubu fashion in ACL. And what has happened then is that these other groups, even if you cannot put a name to them, you can put faces to them. And you can see them, they are people like, uh, if you want to name names, you want to start with uh, uh, Rotimi Amechi, you want to talk with them, Erufai, you want to talk, uh, you want to talk about all of the other governors in the governor's forum, minus Ganduje, because Ganduje and Jimobi, they are allies to the Tinubu fashion including the Senate president now, Lawan, uh, and even uh, the deputy Senate president of Yomo Agege is in uh, the Tinubu Khan um, uh, of the party. But the rest of the party, the names that you don't hear, who are governors, who are ministers, who are senators, House of Rep members, a whole lot of them are in that party, fuming and incensed by the seemingly open door that Oshomole was going to pave for Tinubu to clinch the ticket for 2023. Now, all of that is up in the air. And I may make some predictions while I'm talking here, that because the president will not be definitive to come out of, uh, of, of, of Tinubu to give him easy access to that nomination, there's going to, obviously going to be a split down the road. And if that split has not happened now, if it is not evident now, it will come because Tinubu is severely weakened. He was No, I must, uh, sorry to, to cut you there because, uh, because of time, we need to move on to the, the next issue. Yeah. But I think you're right that uh, a, the, the, there is, some people are fuming and, and the split is going to emerge. But I need to quickly ask uh, Phoenix a question. And this is about trust. And the reason why I'm mentioning trust is every time I've heard Obaseki talk about Buhari, he either refers to him as his father or a good man or some sort of positive appellation. So the, the, the question, uh, Phoenix, is can we trust that he is not going to decamp back to the APC? Sort of a quick response to that. No, that's my quick answer. I, I, I firmly believe that there is a deal in place and he, he, may, he may, I think the likelihood that he will go back is very high. 
I'll be very surprised if it doesn't. I think that I think there is a deal in place, given what you just said and what I've what I've viewed. And then my uh, final follow-up question to Phoenix before we move on to the next topic is: Looking back at the elections, uh, INEX performance. Do do you think uh, it was well conducted? Do you think INEX stepped up their uh, performance? And do you think the security forces did their jobs? I think. I, I think what it proved what it proved to us is that if the powers that be are not interested in unseating um, a, a sitting governor or they don't have a malevolent interest, elections can be run properly and it can be allowed to do its job but when 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 people are truly interested in in destabilizing it, everything that is going on, then you can be certain that i mean the the, the security forces will Either turn a blind eye or, or collude, and INEC will be seen to be doing uh, things the other way. We've seen it in Oshu State, we've seen it in Ekiti State. I wait to see what happens in Ondo State, but it was clear that uh, Buhari and some of the uh, party leaders in, in, in APC were not interested in truly removing Obaseki, and therefore uh, this, this was allowed to go, go on well. The other thing that stands out to me, and I'm here to, to confirm this because there were conflicting reports, there seemed to be some website where results were being loaded by INEC and people were able to see it. If, if this was, was true, then it changes the, uh, the, what's it called, the outlook for elections to come. But I wait to, to validate that. But no, there's one... Uh... Final issue I was going to quickly discuss with uh, Frank and really my boy, but I, we need to be as quick as possible because we need to go on to a final topic. So firstly to Frank, uh, one of the winners I don't think we mentioned was uh, Philip Shoibu, uh, Basaki's deputy, who seemed to do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, uh, for In a quick response, what do you think his plans are? Do you think he intends to succeed Obaseki, or do you think after Obaseki goes, he's going to go to the Senate, or do you think he'll retire quietly? So a quick response from Frank. Um, for Philip Schwabel, I, I, I must commend him for, you know, how he has stood by um, Obaseki and, you know, how he has shown to be sort of a very forthright person. And... Um, you know, for whatever his plans in the future are, right? He, 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 let's let's stick, for example, he wants to be governor of Edo State. It will, be, it will be well within his rights, you know, to contest for the election, you know, seek for a party's ticket, you know, and try and get, you know, yeah, the, the, the consent of the people, you know. So I think it's even too early, right, to, to start trying to determine what his future plans are. Um, let's allow them work, you know, at least for three years, you know, by the third year we can start talking about how uh, or if, you know, he should be going for, going to uh, contesting for the governorship and stuff like that, you know. Okay. Um, so I think that's an interesting response because in, in my view, I know there's an unwritten agreement that the next governor should go to Edo Central, that's the Ishan region of the Edo State, so it'd be interesting to see what happens? But I'll ask a boy in question for a quick response so we can move on to the next topic. So, real boy, what do you think uh, Philip Schwab is going to do next? Uh, I don't think even Philip Schwab knows that, but it's, um, it's interesting again to, to look at what, uh, where they are right now. It's early to speculate about where people might feel that they have uh, the requisite uh, power. Uh, he, he he's won a lot of plaudits. People 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 have seen that he was able to stand up to the uh, the brashness of Oshomale and uh, not buckle. Uh, but he he performed he, he performed creditably well in in the election in Edo North. Um, he was able to reduce the margin in which uh, the governor lost uh, his governor. And his party lost uh, uh, the uh, do not uh, uh, region, and um, but that's where he was supposed to be. And uh, I feel, I feel today, his uh, his legend did not increase by the fact that he did not, uh, he was not able to completely uh, demolish the 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 Godfather, 
as Adam Oshomole in Edo, in Edo North. But I believe they might be contesting those results in Edo North because uh, there's a lot of allegation of uh, ballots in uh, use of cadre, especially in Oshomole's uh, ward uh, in Esa Coast. And I, I also think there's an interesting juncture because in 2023, when there will be national assembly and presidential elections, there will be no governorship election in those states. So, uh, usually, go to Senate when they finish governorship. Um, will uh, Oshomale did not go to Senate uh, because he was eyeing the national chairmanship. But going to Senate for uh, uh, Obaseki in 2023 will mean he has to give up the governorship seat. We feel he be governor for one year, and when he, if that happens, we let them run to continue, or will that will that be enough for him uh, in order to take a ministerial role after that? Because uh, there is strong in Edo, a sense of justice, a sense of equity uh, among the Edo people. It has always been like that. Benin, the largest part, the Edo South, they have supported minorities uh, over time. From the time of Ambrose Ali in the States, so even uh, recently, um, the man that Oshomale was able to kick out uh, from, uh, from Esa, and then Oshomale, who is the minority, of the minority in Edo state. So the Benin, Benin majority are very much uh, magnanimous and they understand that the stability of the state is important and we all work together to move Edo world. And I believe that uh, next governor, the, first, the next elected governor of Edo state will come uh, okay. uh, the Edo central. So well, let's hope uh, you're right. I, I'm also expecting Edo uh, uh, central, but as you know, uh, we, a day is a long time in politics, more not of uh, four years, so we'll see what happens there. A final topic, uh, because of time, we've only got 15 minutes to go. Uh, um, so, tweeted a statement saying all Nigerians with bank accounts in Nigeria had to go to their various branches to fill some self some tax self certification forms. And that triggered anger, abuse on social media. But funny enough, there were some external, uh, some international figures, some working for organizations who were already cheering the government on and saying, yes, that's a good policy. Everybody should go to the bank, fill in the form. And then within, before I read another statement, which wasn't quite clear. They were saying it's not everybody, but it's not quite clear who should go. So to be, what 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 is this self certification business? And what everybody to to go to to. Uh, Phoenix, are you there? Yes, I am. Um, the the, the oh. self certification uh, thing should be a a, a run of the mill thing that uh, that the tax authorities should be doing. What it does is it enables the fact that authorities to know um, people who have uh, multiple who have multiple tax jurisdictions. So we're talking mainly about non-residents. We're talking about um, foreigners and all of that, so that um, the FIS in this instance can share that information with other tax authorities and help them one to combat money laundering, the other to to combat uh, tax evasion and the like. It's it's standard. And, and it's long overdue that Nigeria has had it. But in the, <laughs> as, as we've come to expect from, from this government, um, they, they, you know, they, they, they tend to major in the, in the minor. Somebody heard about this and thought it was something they could ascribe as a win towards their trying to enlarge tax base and jumped on sending out a, a public, uh, um, information creating unnecessary opera and panic uh, for no reason. And, and for me, it just speaks to the lack of intellectual curiosity because I'm like, you got this, you got this um, uh, message that you are supposed to put out and nobody had enough intelligence to even question it and say, is this something that applies to everybody? Is this something that should go out via this medium? Is there no, nobody thought to ask the question? They just immediately jumped out and posted something. Um, and then, of course, I mean, somebody had to then go and try and fix the situation and 
undo it. But it's it's not a big deal. I, I, I remind everyone of recently when Central Bank came out with this policy and said, um, um, if people have a loan, they can be debited for, uh, if they don't, if they have a loan and they're not paying it, if they have an account in another bank, they can be debited for it. I mean, they, they didn't go to town, right? What they did was, yes, they, they, they did it via this central bank medium. They didn't ask federal government to go and make an announcement. And number two, they walked through the banks. So what you did was you asked the banks to write to, to their customers and, and have that done. That's what should have happened here. FIS will make a, a, a public statement and then communicate with the banks and the banks know who should be, who is a foreigner, who is non-resident and make it a part of normal banking. When you come to open an account or when you do this, they will, they will ask the banks that they, they are customers that they know to update their records finish. But in Nigeria, you have people in, in government who have no, no right to be there and, and of course, they don't have the capacity to do things and they end up turning... Um, things upside down. Well, no, th thank you for explaining the uh, policy to a, a layman like myself. But uh, to Frank, I know you're active on, on Twitter. And one of the things I'm sure you've observed is whenever the Nigerian government makes these very strange announcements, there are always one or two, I'll say, foreign uh, consultants or commentators who always seem to, to tweet and write threads endorsing the policy. What, what, what do you think is, is going on there? Um, with respect to those foreign um, you know, consultants who seem to always be in support of the government, right? Um, it's actually really weird. It's, it's a very weird scenario. You know, you, I, sometimes I don't know if they are ignorant or, you know, they have been compromised. You know, I, I want to believe that a lot of them don't really understand, you know, the Nigerian space and how, um, how poor, you know, the Nigerian public service can be when it comes to thinking, you know, and just like Phoenix Agenda uh, said, you know, People don't think, you know, it's like, you know, nobody is intelligent, you know, within the space. Nobody thinks, you know, they just see something and, you know, they want to publish it, you know. So when, when those foreign consultants say these things and, you know, tweet in support of these things, you know, it's, it's always weird to me. You know, I saw, I saw one, um, you know, I've seen several this week, you know, I, I, I don't know if I should mention her name. Now, was a lady, you know, I looked at the profile, you know, and she was like the, the head of Africa region for, Eurasia group and I'm like is it that you know she's ignorant of what's going on or she just you know she she feels she's superior and wants to explain to people what what we should be doing with this uh, information um if you ask me you know with respect to what um in line with what Phoenix said right a lot of this information is already with the government you know so why would you publish you know, something that is not even, it's not even clear, you know, you, you, you couldn't even, you, you would read it and still get confused about what they're trying to communicate. You know, I read it twice, I read it again, I'm like, what exactly does this mean? You know, you don't understand what, what they're saying. Still, you know, first of all, it was published by the government handle, right? And then, you know, FIRS came and kind of tried to explain it. I read the FIRS explanation and, you know, it's, it was still a little confusing to me. And, but even at that, you know, this, this information is already something you have with, with the banks, you know, and if, if, you, if you're very conversant with the banking system in Nigeria, you, you would know that um, regularly, right, the, the, the banks have what they call um, KYC, know your customer, you know, where um, the, would I say now, you know, the guys who are supposed to be like your account officers, where your account officers, you know, reach out to you who is a customer you know whether individual or corporates to update your information in terms of address um especially with respect to address you know um current location address uh, sources of income and stuff like that you know phone number so i really don't know why they are asking for the information and having people go to the banking halls to uh, fill out 
you know, fiscal forms, you know, and when you think about the fact that, you know, those foreign consultants write in support of these things, and you begin to wonder, like, is this what happens in your own country? You know, I, I don't know when last you went to the bank or when last uh, uh, Her Majesty's uh, tax service, you know, asked you to come and fill a form to update your information so they can tax you more or, you know, update your 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 annual pay and stuff like that these things are kind of like automatic you know yes no i i think you're quite right phoenix uh frank it's it's very bizarre that they're using such uh analog approaches to getting information when you already have the bvn and other more sophisticated ways of getting the same information but i was bringing a uh, real boy in now um this is our final question because we have less than uh, three minutes to go. So we need basically a, a two-minute response. Rino boy, I presume you have a bank account in Nigeria. So for those uh, people who live abroad and were and saw that request to to fill their forms, what 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 was your reaction? Did you think I'll just close my bank account because I cannot be bothered to go through the process, or what 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 was your what were your thoughts when you saw the the announcement? That's for Rilama Boy. Two minutes. Yes, I, I think I saw I saw that government uh, of Nigeria tweet and now deleted uh, with all of the confusions that uh, uh, Finnish Agenda and France Affair had talked about. Um, but you know, even before I started sort of aligning it to my own self. What just what the whole debacle just speaks to is the total institutional laziness, and then you where you have you know combined with where you a scenario where you have information traffickers, and uh, where you have information traffickers instead of communication merchants. So government communication is not something that somebody you know just feel that they are giving out gossip. <laughs> this is secondhand gossip heard from this agency. They came up with a tweet in order to support an agenda. Who authorized these things? Who is in charge? So let's look at the president's uh, uh, communication team, if we can say it like that, because it's not actually a communications team. It's the old style propaganda outfit. So you have a special advisor, media. So uh, that's Femi additional. You have a senior special assistant, Gar Bashehu, uh, for media. Then you have a whole raft of special assistants for new media, this and this and that. But uh, I noticed a whole lot of the tweets that Tolu Ogunlesi, who is also a uh, special senior, uh, sorry, a special assistant or senior special assistant, let's say to the president on uh, on media or communication, I don't understand which he is. He is able to curate better, even if he is giving information. He is able to curate that information, probably get approval for it in order to give out correct information. But whoever did this hatchet job, on behalf of whether the FIRS or the consultant FIRS had hired in order to get the banks to do a piece of work that they should automatically do anyway as a requirement of their license. You know, so the confusion was not uh, was was cooked by incompetence. So that should be a lesson where uh, people need to understand that there is a dedicated unit. There should be a dedicated unit, a professionally run unit, in terms of government communication. Because anything you communicate for the government should be government policy. It should be clear. It should be precise. It should be targeted. None of that happened in that communication now no to the, sorry to cut you off because our our time is, is basically up but I, I agree with you that the the final thing you said is what i agree government communication should be clear and concise it's not uh, what they call kalu kalu where you just write something down and just issue the statement and hope it makes sense before you communicate something it has to be clear and concise but uh our time is up so first of all i must well, thank our listeners for always uh, being loyal and giving us helpful feedback. 
must thank our two guests. Uh, thank you, Frank Zephyr, for agreeing to come on the show. Uh, thank you, Reno Boy, for always uh, willing, being willing to participate. Uh, thank you, Phoenix, and thank you to me as well for working on this project alongside each other. And uh, until next week, I say have a fantastic seven days. Thank you, Nigeria's best. Uh, thank you, Phoenix. Um, thank you, listeners, for always listening. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, thanks, Nigeria's best. Another uh, great episode today, uh, and great to have Rila Moboy and uh, and Frank Sefer join us today. Thank you, listeners, for listening and for sharing your feedback. Um, have a great week, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>